Hello and welcome to Cognitive Urbanism. Uh, my name is Justin Hollander and this is a brand new podcast. Um, I've launched this as a chance for me to share some of the new findings and and uh, new insights that, that I've been having about about cities, about planning, public policy. I've been a professor at Tufts for about 10 years, and before that I worked almost 10 years as a practitioner doing urban planning and public policy. And I've kind of developed some interesting ideas and some, some I think, fresh perspectives that can contribute a lot to the way we kind of think about uh, changing the way cities are built and designed. So I see this podcast as really an exciting opportunity uh, for me to share some of those ideas and insights and also uh, to start a conversation. Um, the hope, My hope is that um, those of you listening can, can join in and can uh, email or post or, or offer your own perspectives and then that can, kinda, that can help uh, shape some of the work that, that I'm hoping to accomplish here. So this is the pilot. This is the first uh, uh, inaugural podcast, and I have a bunch of projects that I'm working on, but there's one that is particularly um, exciting for me right now that I want to use our time together to talk about. This is um, a new book that literally is just now available. Of, I think Friday was the first day it became available, so just a few days ago. Um, it's called uh, Cognitive Architecture, and this is a book that's uh, published by Routledge and will um, offer some really exciting new ways to think about the design of the built environment. I, you know, we call it Cognitive Architecture, but it's, it's really about uh, the building of cities, the building of places. The, the work uh, stems from a collaboration I've had over four years with Ann Sussman, who is an architect based in Concord, Massachusetts. And Ann and I actually did some planning projects a, a long, uh, even longer ago than that. Um, so we came up with uh, this project. This is um, a kind of a merging of two fields. Um, Ann herself studied the history of science as a college student. Um, and and she's uh, always been pretty pretty strong in terms of understanding what's going on with science. She's also has a journalism background and, and is an architect. Um, I myself have always struggled with this question about designing places and understanding better where the motivation comes from, where the criteria that make a place a great place. I did a project uh, just a few years ago, and I've been trying to do a follow-up to it right now, which is the question about, like, well, when you're successful as a planner, as a city designer, what, what does it mean? What does success mean? And, I, and I've been tapping into this uh, kind of emerging literature in economics, which su suggests that overall well-being can be, can be defined in terms beyond just income, beyond just, um, you know, how populous of places, um, but rather people's own subjective definitions of well-being. So based on all that, I have been receptive to this idea about finding new ways to define what makes good design in general. And so Anne comes to me with these interesting ideas about science. And so together what we've done over these last four years is we've 
studied the intersection between neuroscience, cognitive science, psychology, and the design of the built environment. And so through this research, we read through hundreds of journal articles. We had the help of some undergraduates at Tufts, um, where I teach, um, to help us kind of make sense of some of this literature and trying to really get a handle on what do we know about the human mind vis-a-vis the built environment and how we experience and perceive places. Well, it turns out we actually know a lot. And Anne and I came up with, uh, I guess, with four principles that allow us to organize all of this really rich scientific information. I mean, some of this stuff is, is a couple decades old. Some of it's very new. But most of this knowledge, this scientific knowledge about the human brain, is not, has not seeped into the realm of urban planning, design, architecture, landscape architecture. It's just not there. So that's really what we're trying to accomplish with this book. We're trying to find a way to bring that knowledge into practice. So by studying this, the science, we've um, developed these principles and we've uh, written a book um, to, to try to articulate it. And so the exciting thing about this project is it helps provide a practitioner. Let's take one particular type of practitioner, an urban designer. It helps that urban designer, helps helps her when she has her project in front of her. Well, of course, she's going to have to worry about what the client wants, you know, how a client views the, the, the project of a new urban design. Let's use the example of a maybe like a new um, downtown, maybe a real estate developer is building some housing and they want to have like a little downtown to go along with it in the spirit of kind of a new urbanist approach. Well, that urban designer needs to create a downtown. Well, they have to worry about their client wants. So the client might have some certain ideas about what it's going to look like. They have to worry about the site. Is it level? What kind of topography is there? They have to worry about issues of drainage. They have to worry about um, what building codes and other regulations are, are in place within the municipality, local government that they're building in. So there's a lot of things that that urban designer needs to worry about. So what, what Ann Sussman and I are arguing in this book is that you need to also really, really worry about the human mind, the ways that the people who are going to use their space will think. And the fact is, it's the thinking that they're going to do is largely subconscious. So, you know, we all walk around. We all spend time in, in urban places. You know, to take the example of Harvard Square and you know, outside of Boston. So, you know, walking around there, a lot of people will say, oh, this is so nice. It's so cool. I love this place. Okay, well, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the conscious level. Maybe you recognize a store that you really like, or you see a store for, or you see the facade for a, a cupcake um, a bakery. Well, so, I mean, there's lots of things consciously that you can be aware of. Maybe you recognize a friend from a long time ago walking the other direction. But there's a lot of things that are happening subconsciously. And that's one of the you know, most important things that I think we can take away from, from the brain science literature. That, that in fact, uh, we operate probably about 95% of our thinking is happening at the subconscious level. So, so you might think that you know what's happening in your brain, the way you're thinking about stuff, the way you're responding to things. But in fact, you're, you're really very, very, very much the tip of the iceberg in terms of what, what you're 
consciously aware of. And so given that, the, the book and this research project in general, it looks to try to understand ways that that urban designer, back to my example of the urban designer designing a downtown, how she can do a better job of, of making decisions about how wide certain sidewalks should be, what the, the facades on buildings should have on them, um, what, what kind of uh, uh, orientation and experience should she try to create for, for the visitor. All these things, these are things that we need to be aware of and she needs to be aware of, in addition to all of her other things that she needs to be aware of. And so the fact is that that sometimes uh, the site constrains the design in a way that maybe she's not going to be able to attend to all of the, the issues that, that I'm highlighting here. But but maybe she can attend to some of them. And, and, and the hope, as a result, is that that project will end up being better. Will The people who experience it will enjoy it better. And that ultimately that can lead to a project that that ends up long term being a place that people want to spend time at, want to go to, will be economically more likely to be viable. So for all of those reasons, we we look to try to try to understand the people using these are the real clients, the real clients are the people going to be using this space and and how their minds work, and that's and that's going to give us insight. So um, I plan on talking more and give you, a little, give you guys a little bit more details about some of the really exciting findings from this, this book, Cognitive Architecture. Um, but the, but the, this podcast, this podcast is not just about the brain. I did call it Cognitive Urbanism, but it's, um, it's, I'm really using that more as a pun here. I mean, I'm really trying to, trying to get at, the, in, the, in this podcast, these, the larger kind of themes about building cities, building towns, growth, shrinkage, decline, the economic challenges that, that places face, and, um, and really all of those kinds of themes, the kind of themes that, are, that connect with uh, my research. So, so I hope um, to be able to talk about some stuff going on in the news. I hope that this will be a forum to answer readers' questions and kind of t- discuss issues of, of interest to, to those of you listening. Um, and um, look forward to, to launching that next the next episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and um, yeah, I look forward to hearing back from you. And my um, contact information is online, lots of different places. But I'll just read off one once. Um, you can email me at, at my first name, Justin J U S T I N dot my last name Hollander H O L L A N D E R at tufts dot edu, and um, have a nice day. Thanks.